Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Snap, crackle and cheap pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine. Ladies and gents, it is indeed Snap, crackle and cheap pops. I am, I am, of course, Mr. Phil Woodvine. And we are back with yet another bloody podcast show. But on today's show, it's going to be really, really cool. Because the past couple of shows we've had... Uh, present and past person for you superstars. Today we've got a brand spanking new superstar to the show. He was meant to have debuted for Pro Wrestling for you last May, if I remember correctly, but unfortunately, due to the dreaded Rona, I know I've said Rona nice and early, we didn't get to do that show and he didn't get to make his debut. But he knows he's going to be on like the first show back. I know he's going to be on the first show back. You all know he's going to be on the first show back because he was even on our May poster. And if you know, if they're on the poster, you know they're going to be fucking special. So please let me introduce you to Mr. Kit Knox. Kit, how are you doing, sir? Hello, buddy. I'm good. How are you? I am not too bad. Uh, hopefully that wasn't blowing sort of too much smoke up yours. <laughs> no, no, no. no, that was fine. That was a very nice intro, buddy. Thank you. No, because like I, I don't plan all that much what I'm going to say. I've got a little bit of piece of paper in front of me. It says Series Three, Episode Nine, and a bit of what the game show is. Other than that, we just wing it. I like improv. I don't like reading off a script. That's that's not what we do. It's the best way, mate. I think. I think it's the best way. I mean, is that not wrestling, kind of in a nutshell? Because like, well, it, yeah, it is, part, isn't it? You kind of show up on show day. You might get five minutes to plan a match. You, you might have a couple hours. You might have someone pull out, drop out, uh, the match get moved up the card, down the card, cancel off the cards. You've got to be like prepared for every fucking eventuality. They might turn a single into a tag, into a freeway, a four-way, a rumble, uh, this, that, the other. You might get two minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, an Iron Man, a cage something and you have got to be prepared to go okay cool give me a minute i'll sort it that's wrestling in a nutshell just pure improv at its absolute fucking best and wrestlers don't get enough credit for this i mean what would you reckon on this i think you summed it up perfectly if i'm honest mate um yeah you go there with sort of like your core structure of a match um but like like you said it can be changed on a on a dime so you're gonna have to adjust to it you might go in you might go thinking you're going for a singles match but you're putting a tag or whatever but you've got a basic idea of what you're going to do anyway but you have to tweak it depending on you know what what you're finally in on the day damn right damn. i mean i think that's for me what wrestling I, like i love seeing that the what goes on sort of backstage even if it's not on at my show if it's at ukwa uh, where else we both work, whether it's at uh, Unstoppable Wrestling up north from Burnley, wherever we work as well. I love seeing that creative process of, okay, cool, we've got a couple of minutes. What can we build in a couple of minutes? And you build an entire story, an entire structure within within five minutes' notice. Like wrestlers are fucking brilliant. Fucking That's sp- it. That's it. That's exactly it. Um, I've, I believe uh, 95% of people can go out in a wrestling ring and just do moves. Uh, for the sake of doing moves, but it's uh, building the structure and the story of the match and, you know, how you want to present it to the to the fans. That's the most difficult part. Um, but there are a lot of talented guys and girls out there that are very, very capable of doing that. Yep, could not say better, but I am going to have to ask you the hard question first. I am going to give you a little bit of a warning. I do apologise. When was it that you realised you are Kit Harrington's love child? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... Let's say oh, I can't remember. Probably about ten years ago, I was uh, I get getting called John Snow all the time, um, and I hadn't even 
I didn't even know who he was. I'd never watched Game of Thrones. Um, but yeah, that's obviously got quite a lot to do with my name. You would probably imagine. Yeah, well, th- this is the thing. I mean, um, I-, I can't remember the first time that I met you. Like, I don't know dates and sort of things like that. Um, and I didn't start watching Game of Thrones until it was all done and dusted. I think it was maybe 2019, so right. July, July, August 2019. It had all been done. Yeah, all eight seasons had kind of been done. People had shit on season eight, of course. Yeah. I, I didn't know who Jon Snow was. I kind of heard his name. Um, I kind of met you, and obviously I heard the name Kit. I thought, okay, it's cool. Yeah. And I didn't put two and two together until you... I think it wasn't even that long ago. I mean, we're talking maybe... Four months, five months. You, I must yeah, tagged, I must have tagged you in something, and you're like, "Well, it's quite." They don't call me sort of you, know, John Snow's um, stun double for nothing. And I thought, "Holy yeah. shit!" That's exactly it. Yeah, it was, uh, I just used to get called out of work all the time, and then uh, there was, <laughs> I like I said, didn't know who he was, and then I remember I was working with a, a lad when I was in the prison service, and we stopped off to get some fuel. And he called me over and he had a men's health magazine in his hand. And he was just like, mate, I thought this was you. And I looked at it and I actually, it's the only picture I've ever seen of him where I actually thought it was me as well. I was like, wow, that's, that's really, that's, that is scarily uncanny. Started going through the rest of the pictures and he didn't look so much like me, but just that one picture. Obviously I did some reading up, realized he was called Kit Harrington. I was like, that's, I like that name actually. It's very rare. No one's really called it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, there was a stage of I don't know the uh, the sort of date and time. I'm gonna hazard a guess somewhere around 2010, perhaps when Robin Fick came out. He had, I had the same haircut, yes, stupid <laughs> same facial hair. I used I to wear the same, it. same uh, avatar sunglasses, AA2 sunglasses, whatever they're called. And <laughs> yeah. from nowhere, it was Zach Gibson, it was Demon Manus, it was fucking everybody flooded my timeline. With um, that, what's it called? Blurred Lines video. The Blurred Lines, yeah. I can he's, see it. He's singing into feet. And I'm like, what? <laughs> who the fuck is this dude? I yeah, like, oh, I can I see it. it. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> can't escape it, can you? Once, once, so, once someone's put it out there, you can't escape it. No, I, I, it's weird because I obviously it took me fucking months, maybe even like a year, to click in the you look like Jon Snow. Now <laughs> I can't not see it. Like I, yeah. I don't know how I how I couldn't fucking see it. It's crazy. <laughs> fucking hell! I mean, I, I think is is he a cockney in the same as you? Uh, I don't know. He's quite. He's. I think he's quite common. I'm not entirely sure where he's from, to be honest. He's, he's quite common. Yeah, I, was, I don't. I don't know. He, the one, I don't really know to be honest. I've only really seen him. I've only really seen him in uh, in Game of Thrones. I don't. I haven't seen any of his other stuff. Fucking hell, that's fucking brutal. That is, mate. You were starting out fucking hard and heavy. Yeah, common, whatever. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna skip over this bit because I don't fancy getting sued. One question <laughs> I, I really have got to ask. I mean, you are you known as kind of kitted out, kit knocks. Is there too many K's in that phrase? Mate, right, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is. Ooh, so, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a it's bit, tight, it's a bit it? dangerous. Well, do you know what? Like, my favourite wrestler is Triple H. Uh, so obviously we've got the three H's there. And uh, 
I was obviously KK and obviously we don't really want to add another K onto that because, you know, we're probably going to be in trouble. But <laughs> there was a, there was a point where I did do something and I looked at it and I was just like, nah, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> Please tell me you didn't walk out on stage with like a white hood. <laughs> <over your head. laughs> nah, I'm avoiding white hoodies and stuff like that. You won't see me in them. <laughs> Yeah. Oh fucking! Hell. I can just see us on the front, front cover of the fucking tabloid newspapers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't worry. That's, I'm far from that. I'm far from that. That's, I mean, I we are gonna have to like because um, whenever I was, I'm, I was kind of like telling people about uh, like who I'm doing on this podcast, and um, there's always like a name that comes up, and it's chances are you've heard you, you, yourself compared to this guy before. And they're like, oh, it's like that Dolph Ziggler guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a bit more old school, so I'll probably say Brian Pillman before I get to Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. But I get it, you know, there's maybe 10 or 20 distinct characters in wrestling. Everyone else is a different variation of that yeah. character. You know, you could you could probably argue that uh, you got Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels is in the same boat, Triple H is in the same boat, Billy Gunn, yeah. uh, Brian, you know, in this, the very... Uh, there's not that much to kind of choose from, but if when people do compare you to you know, Bri- uh, Brian Pillman's and uh, Dolph Ziggler's, like uh, at first, would that be a bit? No, no, no. I'm my own guy, my own guy. But it's it's it surely it's got to be a bit complimentary as well because these are all <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Talents. Well, yeah. I, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how to take it because um, so I was trained quite a bit by Rob Sharp. You know Rob Sharp. Oh yeah. And he he said the same thing. He said that I'm very uh, he, I remind him very much of Dolph Ziggler and Shawn Michaels. Um, so obviously being compared or being spoken about in the same breath as Shawn Michaels is obviously you know probably arguably one of the greatest wrestlers, if not the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, so yeah, I mean it's obviously very very complimentary, but I don't know you. It's, I don't know how to take it. Like, do they mean because of the way I wrestle? Do they just mean because of my hair? Do they mean because I wear tights? Um, I don't know. It's it's a difficult one. Um, I'm I'm gonna say it's. I think it's got to be a combination of a couple of different things. I mean, the hair definitely yeah. is is more Ziggler than Brian Pillman and uh, everyone else that, we, that we've mentioned. But when you kind of combine it with the white wrist tape around, uh, obviously the wrists and uh, yeah. forearms, there's there's enough there for people to go. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, exactly. But it's not like they're comparing you to. And I'm going to chuck some names under the bus. Guys like sort of like the Boogeyman, Bastion mm. Booger, yeah, you know, all these kinds of Mantar. Fucking hell, we all get we all getting old yeah. school. <laughs> yeah, um, you know they, they are putting you in the category of hey, you know what? This is some fucking good talent there. So I think at first, um, if someone was kind of comparing me to that sort of thing, I'd be like, no, 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 I'm my own person, I'm my own guy, whatever. But fuck it, yeah, these are all really good names you mentioned. I am yeah. cool with that shit. I mean, I think I also think this day and age is very hard to sort of escape being compared to someone anyway. Um, it's very hard to come up with your own original thing now because I think, you know, a lot of the stuff has already been done. Uh, you know, a big guy is a big guy who moves around methodically and all that sort of stuff with the Undertakers and Canes and you can go on forever with them. Um, smaller guys, uh, they're really super athletic, um, intense. But then you've also got the the gimmicks that people have, and I just believe ninety nine percent of the gimmicks have been done, and it's just very difficult to find your own. What's the word? Um, niche, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like like we've said, I mean, 
you know, there's probably maybe 20. I mean, maybe they kind of fall into the category of like there's sort of seven deadly sins. You know what I mean? Like every wrestler kind of falls into it. It's either greed or gluttony or sloth. You know what I mean? It's, and every yeah. character's maybe a variation of those seven deadly sins. So yeah. it's it's impossible in 2021 when you, when, you know, when I was growing up watching wrestling, and I'm talking late 80s because I'm very fucking old. I just like to put that out. Um, I had a, I had a couple of tapes that my uncle taped off Sky, and that lasted me a year. Sure. Now, yes. you can get wrestling from Jamaica, from Germany, from Poland to Japan at the touch of a button. So you're seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of characters that you never would have seen at late 80s, 90s, maybe even early 2000s. Yeah, exactly. Now, you can see so many characters that, yeah, you're going to see um, sort of patterns and similarities, but that's just the way of the world. And, you know, that's just one of them things. I mean, how many nature boys are there other than Ric Flair? I'm sure there's, there's been a good fucking handful. There's been yeah. a million doink the clowns, dink the clowns, donk exactly. the clowns. Yep. That's it. It, it, that's it. it is. It is what it is. You know. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. It is what it is. As long as as long as the crowd are enjoying it at the time of whoever's doing the gimmick, that's all that really matters, to be honest. I mean, like, exactly. If you walk out and they go, okay, there's a bit of a Dolph Ziggler guy. As soon yeah. as you stop, you stop putting your match on, they're going to forget all that other shit. As long as yeah. you're not doing his moves, you're doing your stuff. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to remember your name and, and place it his name within two minutes of starting the match. So exactly. I mean. Think about how many people do a super kick. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't mean everyone's Shawn Michaels. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, I'd never compare, like, the Young Bucks to Shawn Michaels. No, no. But you, you could you could make a pattern there if you wanted, but they've kind of distanced themselves and kind of, like, made that their own and all that sort of stuff. Of course, of course. So, obviously, we did mention uh, Rob Sharp, uh, I've been training you. Uh, yeah. What sort of, put a bit of a timestamp on this for us, because, again, like, this is really cool for me because I'm going to interview a, a future uh, Pro Wrestling Few Star. Obviously, we'd have loved you to have been a present Pro Wrestling Few Star, but yeah, the world yeah. has kind of stopped a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know all that much about you, so I'm kind of getting to like learn a little bit and kind of find out about who you are and all this sort of stuff as well as the listeners. So give me like a bit of a, a timestamp. Um, where did you train? What year was it? Give me a bit of a, a bit more info on that. Okay, well, I'm not very good with years, but what I can say is um, quite a few years ago, I uh, started backyard wrestling. Um, yeah, I know. Um, but in a ring. So we had a ring. So I did a bit of, I was just trained by guys that hadn't really had any training, uh, just sort of copied what we, we uh, saw on TV. Um, left there just because of work. I couldn't really train anymore. So we'll skip to 2018, where I went to watch an IPW show. And um, the main event was Pete Dunne versus Will Ospreay. Uh, like I said, 2018 that was. I spoke to the owner uh, of IPW and asked him what the deal with training was and how to get involved. He'd only just recently taken over and he said that training would start up again in February, which was uh, literally the month after the show I watched. I think it started in March, started back up in March though. Anyway, he invited me down. He reached out to me and invited me down. Um, I was training there for six months before I was uh, made my debut on the main roster. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy I had a match against, which is terrible. Um, <laughs> really bad, really bad. Can't remember his damn name. I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> yeah, that's that it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, just sort of just sort of broke into the IPW main roster from there. Had some had some matches with like the Anti Fun Police. 
Um, was on the same card as people like Will Ospreay and Pete Dunne. Again, they they came full circle like a, a year later. We were there. Mark Haskins, um, David Starr, who we don't really mention now. Um, just yeah, some really good name, really good names on there. Uh, Fat Tim- Timothy Thatcher was on them. Was really good. Out. Rob Sharp, obviously. Uh, yeah, some big names. You had like um, Johnny Johnny Storm, Jody Fleitch, uh, James Storm. Just. You know, everyone was coming. Uh, Shane Helms, Hurricane, he was on them. Was, yeah. yeah, man, it was it, it was surreal. It was surreal, some of the people were on there. Tanil Dashwood, um, obviously Zaya Brookside, um, Kip Sabian, uh, Adam Maxted was wrestling with them sort of guys in Rumbles and stuff. And that was within my first year of wrestling, so that was just crazy to me. Man, that, that, that is legit absolutely fucking crazy. It was crazy, mixing man. Mixing up with, with that kind of talent. Even, obviously, yeah. you mentioning Shane Helms and stuff. Even people like Zaya Brookside and the, yeah. the, the Johnny Storms, Jody Flashes. That's... Yeah. I, yeah, usually you've got to like work up to that. You've got to be in this business a good, solid amount of time, and you're doing it yeah. within your... Yeah, that's... that's oh, no, it was mad. It was... um. Jeff Jarrett was on one of them as well, which was just, which was insane because he was one of my favorite wrestlers when I used to have like WWF attitude on the PlayStation. Like, well, and then uh, I'm standing next to him. Do you know what I mean? It's just mental. I like, so I'm going to have to ask, and I'm going to tell you a little Jeff Jarrett story. I mean, oh my God. So, <laughs> have you gone, like, obviously seeing Jeff Jarrett in the attitude era, short hair, yeah. slap nuts t shirts. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. Not too bad in terms of his attire, but if you go back early 90s and look at Jeff Jarrett's entrance attire, holy shit. Was that, which one was that? Was it when he had long hair? Yeah, he had long hair, big cowboy out with the big JJ's flashing on his sunglasses. Yeah. He was decked out in pleathers. Oh my God. A little bit before, before I started watching it, but I do remember clips of that, yeah. See, this is where, like, being like old and being an old wrestling fan, it, it wasn't always great. We talked about wrestling; <laughs> the day was great. Not all of it. Not all of it. No, there was yeah. definitely some misses. Um, <laughs> I, I, since you, you did mention he was one of your favorites, I've got to tell you a little story about uh, about Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, go for uh, it. So this was in summer two thousand and eight. I want to say. Um, Jeff Jarrett is the guy in TNA. I mean, he was very much you know, Planet uh, Planet Jarrett and all that sort of thing. Sure. And TNA came over to Coventry to do uh, to do a wrestling show. Um, and I was just this sort of young trainee. I'd been in the biz- the business for maybe a year, just over mm-hmm. a year. At the end. Um, Alex Shane had put a, a post up on MySpace of all things. Do anyone want to work ring crew for TNA tomorrow? I was like, yes, yes, I fucking do. He said, cool, be at Coventry 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. So I was like, cool, get on, got on a train, 6 a.m., um, booked into a hotel, like left them with my bags, and uh, I was TNA ring crew. I thought this is the coolest thing in the world. So I'm right. there all day. We're setting the ring up, we're setting up four, like 4,000 seats in the Coventry Sky Day room, putting leaflets for, on every single fucking seat. Um, then we're... Um, uh, what, what it is. we're kind of security for the meet and greets and then we're security for another meet and greet like fucking hell so we've gone from 8am to 4pm not stopped at all Alex Shane said get a quick sandwich be back here in 10 minutes cool fucking love this I'm, I'm working for TNA I'm working for TNA this is fucking yeah. nice <laughs> grab a sandwich we're back in the Coventry Sky Dome and it's, we're going to get to a point where Alex Shane's going to open the doors and all the fans kind of start coming in about sort of 
6 p.m. ish, somewhere along that kind of line. So we're stood on the floor, and then the floor of the Coventry Sky Dome is an ice hockey rink. So you've got like the, the sides up. Obviously, they're taking down the top part of the glass. Yeah. You've still got the, the barriers where they are. And I'm stood in that gap, and the gap's maybe two meters. And because I've been there all day, I'm a bit of a show off. I'm a bit of an idiot. <laughs> you could probably say a bit more than an idiot, but whatever. And I'm doing some impressions. I'm dancing around. I'm being a fucking idiot. And I kind of chuck myself backwards and smash. Oh, I'm like, what the fuck have I just done? I turned <laughs> and he's Mr. TNA, Jeff Jarrett himself, stood there. No. I've just smashed into him. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Apologies no. for my And like, I've just knocked into him. Right? I was like, why the fuck? And Jeff was cool. He's like, you're right, mate. Don't worry. I bet mate. he didn't move. I bet he didn't move. <laughs> no, he, he, like, he didn't even flinch. I just, yeah. I mean, I was probably, I was probably eight and a half stone at this point. So I, I wasn't, wasn't going to move him. But like, I'm just there, big shocked face. I'm borderline crying. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he was dead cool. I was like, dude, don't worry about it. Enjoy yourself. Like, yeah. and he, and he walked off and there was maybe four or five other ring crew trainee kind of people stood there going you fucking idiot <laughs> like why have you just I'm like I don't know I didn't I don't, oh and he kept walking past throughout the show and waving at me and he's the most nervous wave oh, back like you alright you alright mate <laughs> still good we're still good buddies uh, and you still think about that to this day <laughs> yeah like yeah. I, I can't see him on TV or anything without kind of cringe <laughs> the only thing I can compare it to you must have seen the in between us yeah yeah of course do you remember, like Will gets on that roller coaster and he realises who he's insulted oh, I don't remember that one it's, uh, go, he goes to Fort Park and he's complaining that they all can't sit on the front and he's, he's swearing at the roller coaster guy. He sits on the front. I'm going to sit next to these inconsiderate assholes. And it's two or three guys with, I think it's Down syndrome. Oh, right. Yeah, I do. And <laughs> you just, you crumble like, yeah. into yourself. And the, the film him on the ride and he can't enjoy it. I felt <laughs> like that. I just couldn't <laughs> myself. Because I just Oh, no. And he didn't give a shit. Jeff was just really fucking good. He was like, right, mate, don't worry about it. Enjoy yourself. Oh, like, not, <laughs> not, not the owner, fucking hell. Oh, mate, it's a story, though, isn't it? There you go. <sighs> yeah. Story to tell. What a fucking idiot. Like, if I ever meet him again, I know I'm going to have to tell him. He ain't going to remember. He's going to go, hey, <laughs> the mosh guy from Coventry 2008, but I'm going to have to say something. Yeah, just sorry. <laughs> yeah, just buy him a coffee and say, yeah, like, 12, 12, 13, 14 years ago, I owe you a coffee. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. I mean, have you obviously have you got any of these kind of stories where you've you've embarrassed yourself in in front of these big names? Um, I'd like Just to think make me not. feel better if anything. <laughs> Do you know what? I've I've keep myself to myself, so I don't really. I try. There's not a very good chance of me embarrassing myself if I don't speak. <laughs> I speak when I'm spoken to. <laughs> Yeah, I will give you that one. I've, I've got to like, obviously, we will get on to um, your, your, your career and all this sort of stuff in a little bit. But I do have to say, you've got one of the coolest entrance songs in professional wrestling at this oh, point. Cheers, mate. Uh, because I'm a big Motley Crue fan. I, like probably a lot of people that might listen to this, I can't say that I'm a lifelong Motley Crue fan. I was aware of them, but I did watch The Dirt, yeah. and I got hooped. I listened to everything they've ever done. 
And massive, massive, massive. Even to the point, like, I was naming my shows after Motley Crue, like Livewire, oh, and yeah. uh, there's, there's a couple others as well. So, yeah, yeah. I've got to give you, a, give you a lot of credit for being quite a cool guy. You've got the <laughs> music as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Ah, so, so let's get back. Uh, it's, it's fucking brilliant. I've introduced uh, like the missies to it and all this sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think she quite liked it as much as I did. I was like, oh, fucking oh, wounded. No. I'm going to I'm gonna have to trade her in and get a new one. <laughs> so, not been in this business all that long. No. Make a good headway. You're wrestling against some British superstars, some American superstars. And it's still very, very early doors. But whenever I've spoken to you, like you said, you've just said, you keep yourself to yourself. Yeah. Like, do you anticipate that doing that sort of thing could inflate your ego and get you into a bit of trouble get you get you to a point where people go yeah a bit too much too soon do you do you mean what i've done like who i've worked for or uh, well i mean i've been uh i've been in this business 13 years been promoting for it'll be 10 years in march yeah. and i've seen time and time again i won't name names because I, sure. I don't think that's my kind of place to do it sure but there'll be a young talent and there'll be maybe under five years, somewhere in that gap, maybe three to five years, you'll, they'll have one big match against an ex-WWE name, TNA name, whatever. And then from that point on, that young talent, even though they've had one interaction with this big star, yeah. their wage doubles or triples, they start showing up later, they want to leave early, they want preferential treatment. They kind of grow a bit of a like an ego or an aura about them that they, they think that they're now something special and they can't go back. They can't do a job. They can't put anyone over. How mm-hmm. do you keep yourself grounded? Cause chances are you, you might know a person or two that's probably a bit full of himself, whether it's in wrestling or just average everyday life, you know, sometimes 100%. Like the, the power does go to people's heads. You in in, a, in office jobs, that shit happens. You know. Yeah, but yeah. How do you kind of keep a lid on that for your wrestling career? Because say you've met, you've mentioned that you've wrestled some bloody standout names. How do you keep yourself grounded? I don't. When I turn up to a show, I don't even think about who I've wrestled. If I'm honest, I think about the person I'm wrestling. Um, so I'll just think about how I'm going to work with that that current person, um, how I'm going to, you know, get on with them, how I'm going to try and make them look good. And hopefully they try and make me look good because, you know, my job's to make him look good and his job's to try and make me look good, I would like to think. Um, so I don't even think about that. Uh, in all honesty, I don't think about where I've been or who I've wrestled because um, it's, it's irrelevant, really. Um, and especially at this stage of my career in brackets, because like you say, I've only been... I've only been doing it since 2018, mid 2018. I made my debut. Um, but I, I, you know, I have since this podcast, this is the only time I've really said what, you know, who I've wrestled or who I've been in locker rooms with or, or anything like that. Because if you don't ask me a question, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you the answer. I'm quite a, quite reserved. I'm quite private. Um, you won't, you won't find any information about my private life. Um, but again, I won't walk into a locker room and be like, Oh yeah. Like, I was in the same locker room as Pete Dunne and, and Will Ospreay. I know I'm saying that now, but that's because you've asked me the question, like I said. But yeah. no one else would know that if it wasn't for this podcast, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just, I just concentrate on the, on the booking and what I'm there to do and who I'm there to work with, and I just go from there. 
I mean, that is like really quite refreshing to hear because there's nothing more sad than when you see like a really good talent and they start running before they can walk. And not in terms of if they're talented, put on as good of a match, as good as a performance um, as you can. Like, don't let anyone tell you, no, no, you need to kind of tone your moves down a little bit. Unless it's obviously the promoter telling you, we don't need that kind of style of match at sure. that sort of show. Sure. But in terms of, you, chance are you've been at a show and you must have heard, I overheard someone saying, I'm not going to take the ring down. Oh, or, God, no. Like, I'm not going to do sign autographs. Yeah, you said about egos, and um, I know plenty of people with egos, like plenty of people. And, and uh, again, the sad thing is I've only been in the industry for a few years, and I know plenty of people um, that just aren't worth the time of day to even speak to. So, I mean, I know, I'm know i not going to mention any names, but I know there's a guy that's just broke into the wrestler scene a couple, a couple of years ago as well, probably has the biggest ego you will ever experience in your life. Like the guy, he's a master manipulator. He can talk the, the back legs off a donkey. Like he can tell you everything you want to hear to get his own way. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable. So yeah, I just like I said, just keep myself to myself and just go, just go do what I'm. You know, you're there to do the, the guy, the booker, the promoter has booked you for a reason um, to do a job. So you go there, you ask him what he wants of you, and whatever he wants of you, he wants you to win, he wants you to lose, he wants you to get squashed, he wants you to smash someone. That's that's what it's, that's what's going to be. That's what you're getting paid to do. Yeah. So it's I, I, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm really, really fortunate. And I'll always mention this name on the podcast because the guy has no idea just how much he means to so many fucking people. But I've got Keith Myatt. That's one of my, he's one of my best friends. He's my mentor. He's trained me a little bit. And any times that I've kind of started to look like I might be kind of not getting out of control, but getting a bit of an ego or maybe not willing to do as much as I have done before. Keith's just shown me an example that, it, like, that there's no reason why I should say no to any of this sort of stuff because he's dressed up as Deidre Barlow on a PCW show. <laughs> Bray Wyatt, I think he was like Bray Myatt, which is fucking brilliant. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, just like, I think his last, oh, fucking hell, uh, year before last, middle of December so we're talking December 2019 he was on a show in Burnley with me it's Unstoppable Wrestling he came out dressed as Santa chucking sweets out now he's a 60 year old he's been in this business 30 40 years somewhere yeah. along those kind of lines and he's willing to dress up as old women soap characters to as Santa and if he's willing to do that who are we to say, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. that. That'll make me look stupid. Exactly. exactly. I've, I've met him as well, and he's a lovely fella. Um, I can't remember his... Because he tags with his son, does he not? Yeah, yeah, with, uh, with his son, Ryan. Ryan, that's it, yeah. They're, they're both lovely lads. Uh, met them twice. was in change with them. They're, they're a good bunch of lads. And uh, obviously, Keith's knowledge is just incredible. Like you say, he's been doing it for so long, and just spending uh, the couple of hours in the change room with him. Yeah, you hear a lot of stuff, so... Yeah, he's he's good to be around, and yeah, but like you say, if he's willing to do that sort of stuff, you've got these new guys that don't like certain things and won't like this and won't like that. And I've seen someone who wanted to finish a match who was booked to win, say, or uh, my finish a submission, and the guy turned around to was like, "I'm not tapping out. I'm not. I'm not tapping out. Like you can beat me in another way, like with a with a roll up or something." To me, I was just like, "What? Like if the, if it's the guy's finish and that's how he how he beats people, then why you know why not? Why not?" 
you're not tapping for you know everyone knows now it's it's a fix it's predetermined however you want whatever words you want to use so if this finishes a submission you know you're not tapping out for real he's not pinning you to the mat for real so just fucking do what you're supposed to do apologies for the swearing i may I, I, I could kiss you at this point that's, <laughs> that's so nice to hear because like i know wrestling fans don't want to hear it and i'll be i'll be kind of careful with the words that i pick like, if you really want to get down to the absolute bare bones of this business, yeah, uh, the wrestlers do earn it, but they don't necessarily win it. So, if, yeah, you know, yeah. if you've got a championship, yeah. you, you did earn it. There's no two ways yeah. about it. You yeah. brought a character to the table or a work ethic or whatever it is yeah. that they want to put that gold on you, but you yeah. didn't win it. Um, no, of course. It's, at the end of the day, the cha- a championship belt is a gimmick. It, it is. Like... You know, you haven't you haven't uh, gone and knocked someone out in a boxing ring and received a, a legit championship or UFC or MMA. You know, um, and don't get me wrong, I've been involved in. I've sort of I'm not an angel. Like I've been involved in storylines which I don't like, and I've thought to myself, well, I feel like I'm kind of kind of being wasted to an extent because I didn't feel like I was progressing in anywhere. I felt like I was just stuck in one storyline that wasn't really going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I wasn't refusing to do anything, but then it just got to the point where I was like, look, I don't really feel like this is going anywhere. Like, what, what are you guys hoping to achieve with me? Like, we spoke about it. And the guy just turned around and went, well, how would you book yourself? And I said, well, that's that's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking you to book me the way I want to be booked. You know, I just I just wanted to come to you to see if there's anything more creative we could do. And if there wasn't, then, you know, I just feel like I was traveling a long way to go there. So I was like, you know, if it's not working out, then, I'll, you know, I won't, I won't come down because if you're giving... If you've got guys here that you feel deserve a position more than me, then just give it to them. It's it's no it's no problem off my back if that's what the deal is, and that's just how it's going to have to be. Yeah, I mean, so I, I will put like I will put like a little asterisk next to the sort of word that the words that I've said. Like obviously, if, if a promoter comes to you and says, "I want you to um, ask something of you, and you don't feel it's right," or in terms of you know, dressing up as Santa or that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not fussed. If someone did ask, did ask me to do something that was out of my comfort zone and said, you know what, we really want you to be a bit creepy towards uh, old men, for instance. Right, right uh, yeah. Like, okay, yeah, that's really out of my comfort zone. I really yeah. don't know why, what we're getting out of this. Yeah. Now, I, 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 like, I don't necessarily feel like... Uh, I you can turn that. You can turn that down, I believe, because that's not... That's not um, kind of not what you sign up for. You when you sign up to be a wrestler, in my eyes, you, you're signed up to go in, do the job in the ring, and win or lose, and entertain and tell a story. Um, yeah, of course you could be not can be asked to do some kind of gimmick or or something. But that what you've just said about being creepy towards old guys or or women or whatever that might not depending on the crowd it might not come across well at all so you have to sort of judge yeah. that sort of stuff then you kind of have to ask yourself why the promoter's asking you to do that i guess like yeah it's a bit weird and you know if you don't want to do it you should never be forced into doing something you're not comfortable with in doing yeah i, I think I the, uh, the mark of a, of like a good talent a good person any, anything like this whether it's you know, an office job whether it's wrestling now if someone asks you to do something and you don't want to do it or whatever it's I I it the, the, shouldn't go out your way to say I don't I don't want to do it. And when they say, well, what do you want to do instead? And you say, I don't know. Or if you just say an idea is shit. If you yeah. don't like it, have at least one or two alternatives. If you get look, this doesn't work for me. Oh, what would you do? 
okay, how about if we if we tried it this way? How about if we tweak it this way? How about if yeah. we kind of put this on a slant? Always go in with options. Never go in with this is shit. That, yeah, I, that, I, I that agree to an extent. Yeah, because if you're just saying no and you you don't really give a reason, sort of thing, then yeah. But if you're if the if the aim of the gimmick <laughs> is to make the crowd laugh, then there's got to be other ways you could do it if you're not comfortable yeah. with the one that's put forward. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> oh fucking hell! So it's not the Rona, it's just coming up. <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> but drinking port, I'm turning into like an old like an old Uh-oh. woman. I'm drink- yeah, I'm drinking port these days. It's it's. Uh, Oh, <laughs> a bit like me, thick and fruity. Well, <laughs> my, my missus is so going to hate that when she is it. <laughs> Good old port. Oh, mate. So, um, very young in this business. I, do you have a, because I know you're a private guy, but do you have goals or like a bucket list? Because I know Cody Rhodes had like a little list. That he was kind of famous for, like taking a picture of when he left WWE. Said he wanted to um, face this person, face this person, face this person. Wrestle for, I think, his Ring of Honor, TNA. You know, he had like a list, like a bucket list. Have you got that in mind? Like, is NXT UK a goal in mind, or wrestling um, in certain countries, or so, even certain match types? You know, there's wrestlers like that. I want to do a British uh, old school world of sport match or an Ironman match. Yeah. I guess, I guess they said, I mean, I'd I'd be quite interested in having a cage match or a proper hardcore match. That would, that would interest me. Um, I would say my, my number one goal coming into this when I, when I um, sort of kind of broke into IPW was I would love to have at least got a tryout for WWE, NXT, whatever in the UK or whatever, at least to just get my foot in the door, just so they can have a look at me and say, nah, you're not what we want, or yeah, you've got potential, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll, I could drop a bombshell on this podcast. Um, last March, I was actually contacted by William Regal to come down to a um, tryout. But oh, cor- cor- Corona, so that didn't happen. Oh, fucking uh, hell. So oh. yeah, that was almost a year ago. So I remember getting really excited and telling, telling my family about that. And then... Um, yeah, so nothing, nothing so far with that. But that was my goal, and obviously that was was a possibility. So I'm still chuffed that the contact was there, even if it doesn't happen now. But I'm still, you know, fingers crossed that maybe it does. Um, but yeah, I'd say that was my main goal. Um, working with certain people, you know, a lot of people that I did want to work with, i.e., your Pete Dunns, Trent Sevens, Tyler Bates. Um, they're all in WWE now, so I have to be there to work with them. So that's, you know. That's a that's a long way off, but yeah, I just I just wanna I just wanna be known for being entertaining. I want people I want to come into a show, and then when my match is finished, I want it'd be nice for people to come and be like, oh, I really enjoyed that. You know, that was my favorite match, or I really enjoyed this about you, and you and this guy gelled well together. Whatever. That's just, that's what I'm. That's the sort of stuff I want. Yeah. Is there any uh, like countries in mind? Because every so often I'll speak to people and they say, look, I really want to wrestle. And like Italy comes up quite often for some reason. I know there's quite a few like really decent promotions in Italy and loads of sort of talent from the UK really want to work in Germany and Italy out of all, out of all places. Like, do you have anywhere like that you'd say that you'd say, I would fucking love to, to wrestle in that country. That's a bucket, you know, top of the bucket list. Mount Rushmore kind of deal. Um, I, I, I'm gonna have to say America, just because you know America for me is professional wrestling is where 
it's where the big the big boys are. So I would definitely say America. Um, random one, Portugal. I'd love to wrestle in Portugal simply because I spend a lot of time there. Um, I've been holidaying there since I was uh, really young, so that would be pretty cool. And Australia. Um, my sister lives out in Australia. Um, another one I supposed to go for her wedding uh, last year, I think it was, and I actually contacted a, a company in Australia, and they said they were very interested in having me down. Um, but again, the corona hit, so I didn't, I didn't go to Australia. So I'm not sure if that would have happened or not, but uh, that again potentially could have. But uh, they're the only three that really come to my. I mean, Japan. Let's come on, let's say Japan as well. To be fair, um, yeah. Another, another massive place. Just the whole fact that the culture is just completely different world, um, and obviously New Japan, the style of wrestling. Yeah, I think that'd be amazing. And the crowd, the crowd are just so different. I find that they're very, very quiet, but then when something happens, they're they, they're, they're up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I like that. Yeah, from, from my um, like a man, you know, manager's standpoint, um, like I'd, I'd love the idea of managing a match in Japan, doing yeah. the you know, the usual kind of manager stuff, just just to see. How the Japanese fans would react to that kind of that kind of stuff? Because yeah, I wouldn't really be able to do the kind of filthy stuff that I've been doing for the past thirteen years. So I'd have to pull some new tricks out the bag. You'd have to tweak yeah. it, yeah, yeah. Because I couldn't do my like. Would they even understand my Stoke accent? Because I mean, a lot of people in the UK don't understand my. Nah, Stoke accent. when you when you guys say book, you say book or something like that. That flies over my head. So. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so now, yeah. <laughs> so, so whenever you come up from, uh, obviously, uh, coming up from London to uh, UKWA, and obviously you would have come up for press in few as well last year. Yeah. Um, had it not been for the Rona and Boris Johnson and uh, all that shit. Yeah. Um, so you're sat in the locker room. You've got me. You've got uh, Matt Burns. Charles Kelsey's kind of turning into a bit of a stokey. You've got yeah. Keith and Ryan Myatt. Yeah, um, we're all stood around. And, oh, I'll get you on Facebook later. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's what that? What the fuck's a book? No, I, I'm not joking. I think I think while I've been up there, I've said it before as well, and I've just thought to myself, "What the hell did you just say?" Um, <laughs> so yeah, it does rub off on you after a while. Because um, like I used to come up quite often. It was it was every two weeks at least. I was up there really. Um, so you know, I was hanging around the likes of like Joe Black and uh people like that and you know he hasn't got such a strong accent as everyone else but he, you know it comes out in him every now and then as well and i think you just start to pick it up a little bit yeah i mean um like have you have you tried a staffordshire oat cake while you've been up here a what okay it's, yeah it's kind of like a wrap but you have it with your breakfast it's kind of a circular wrap and it's made from like oats and milk and uh, flour things like this it's like no, a savory savory pancake you kind of put it on a grill pan, you kind of grill cheese on it, and then you put like sausage and bacon in the middle and then right. roll it up. Um, no, I've not had that, no. I, I'm going to, next time I see you, obviously it could be 10 years from now if this road <laughs> yeah. shit keeps up. Um, if it is going to be long term, 10 years, I'm going to post you out some Staffordshire <laughs> oat cakes overnight so that they're fresh and we're going to introduce you to a Stokey Staffordshire del- delicacy. Oh, I appreciate called- that. Was it called a note cake? Yeah. Uh, don't eat them cold. I've got to say this thing. I left them in the locker room one time, and uh, Paul Malin kind of discovered them. Thought they were for everyone. Started tucking into like a cold oat cake, and that's no. Right. You, right. you just if you got a bit of bacon and cheese, sausage and cheese, something breakfasty, and uh, uh, let let us know how you get on with that one. Yeah, it doesn't sound doesn't sound too bad to be fair. So yeah, 
Fuck it, Ace. Next person for your show, fuck it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to post them to you or we'll have some in the locker room <laughs> with, with your name on it. Like, okay. Kit's Oatcakes. Kitted Oat? That doesn't work. But yeah, yeah they'll no, just... Kit they'll just yeah. I couldn't say it. There's too many Ks. I'm going to trip oh, myself no. up and get in fucking trouble for this. Oh, no. Because <laughs> um, I know we mentioned it a couple of times. So UKWA, so how's this come around? Because you are... Um, you're kind of one of their sort of top stars. Now, obviously, I've seen you at a couple of UKWA shows. UKWA kind of a bit of a traveling promotion. I think that's probably fair to say. They've done sort of two areas. And I know they're kind of more settled into the sort of all-sager part of Staffordshire now. But Yeah. Would you have been with them sort of early doors? Um, i got to be honest with you. I can't remember if I did their first or i think it was their second show i did um i'm not entirely sure if you were there but i remember sugar duncanton was on it so uh, yeah what would have been there for that one you were were you no 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 oh you weren't sorry um i i think that was their second show i'm not 100 percent sure but um yeah i got on that because um i think someone got injured and then they put out a poll of people um for fans like who they wanted to see and um somehow i won that Probably because I've got a big family, I guess. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, I won that, so um, that's that's how I got on the show, and and then I was on another two, I think. So I think I was on three in total. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it there. It's, it's good. I, I like it. I think uh, Matt Burns is uh, is a good lad, and uh, he's got his heart in the right place, and he runs it. He runs it well. I like it. It's good. Good. Good bunch of lads down there. Yeah, plus obviously that old Sager venue, really, really nice, really spacious, got everything yes. you need backstage. Yeah, cannot fault it. So massive shout out to Matt Burns and UKWA for that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to ask. Uh, I'm gonna get you into the little game show part of this sort of thing. Obviously, it's sure. a big game game showy. Um, now I tend to come up with the name first and then like put the game towards the name. Now I've, I've scratched these from the fucking list because they are shit. I went with Hal's Kit Chin. Right. Yeah, I'll get there. They get worse. Uh, in it to win, Kit. I could have right. in it to win. <laughs> okay. And apologies because the last one, Strike Kit Lucky. Right. No, he's good. They're all right. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm allowed out on public some days. Right. <laughs> that wasn't bad. Um, but like I couldn't think of a game that would kind of fit these names. So I'm not going to lie to you. I'll let you scrap them all. And yeah. I've came up with, with a little something. And this is a bit officey. We kind of did this in, in the office I used to work. It's called Stop, Start, Continue. Right. So I want at least one example, maybe two, of something we need to be stopping in this business. Now, obviously, let's take out the equation, anything deadly, deadly serious. Last year, you can we can probably hazard a guess what that, those kind of things would be. But something, whether it's from a wrestling point, um, whatever. So some two things you want to stop in the business, two things we need to start doing in this business, and two things you want to see carry on in this business. Um, uh, not too serious. I mean, the one one of the things I want to see stopped in wrestling is big moves just used as throwaway moves. Um, I don't like that, especially if someone's just used someone's finish in the same show <laughs> as a throwaway move. Yeah. Um, that sort of stuff. That sort of stuff annoys me. And some, but then something as simple as a DDT for me is is a is a big move like that. You know, if that was if you were really dropped to your head like that, you'd you'd be out. Um, so that that to me is like a 
a break-off point in a match at least. Uh, it's, a, it's a very, very near fall where someone will just hit that for the sake of it and someone will kick out a one. Um, and then if later on in the show someone does that, it just it kills it. Do you know what I mean? It's already been killed. Absolutely. Um, so what was the other one? Stop? Uh, stop, start, continue. Uh, sorry, stop, start, carry on. Yeah. Carry on. Stop, start, start. Um, Something that we need to start doing in this business, whether it's from... Another work, you know, another area of life, another kind of job. What do we need to start doing in wrestling? That is a difficult one. Um, uh, maybe, maybe not taking it as seriously as some people think, um, because we're out there to entertain the fans. So at the end of the day, you, I, I personally believe that you can have the greatest match in the history of wrestling, but depends on what fans you're in front of. Um, you could be in front of fans that are just there for a gimmick or just there for a good time. They want to laugh. They're not so interested in the technical ability of the wrestlers. They just want to see some flippy stuff. So I would just say, just don't take it so serious. Start not taking it as seriously or so seriously every single time, I guess. Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, one thing, I, I, I want to ch- kind of chuck one in uh, at this point. Um, I want more promotions to have some food backstage. That's a great um, shout it doesn't have to be a lot. It could be 10 quid's worth of bottles of water, bananas, and just some crisps. Mm. Like, it's 10 quid. Um, yeah, and no, that's a good one. Yeah, the smiles that puts on people's faces. I mean, like, we It do just shows the promotion care, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're there taking... You, know, you might only have a 10-minute match, but you're gone all day. And no one yeah. earns really, really good money in this business. No, the promoter no. typically doesn't. I mean, we earn, we've got more chances of earning it, mm. but more chances of losing it as well. Um, wrestlers earning um, not great money for you know, if all the hours they kind of like put in. And yeah. just, a, just something as much as just some bottles of water, some bananas, some crisps, 10 quid of food goes a long way and that will i mean food always cheers me up so yeah definitely yeah definitely like you, you're in a massive rush sometimes you know you might not have prepared properly for, for your morning to get your drive on depending on how long you've come from some people around the corner some people could be driving two and a half three hours you know um stopping off maybe for a coffee but you know they're trying to get there in time so they can help put the ring up and show their face and show the promoter that they're keen and this is what they want to do and they've not eating, so having something when you get there. I know quite a lot of promoters get water. There's quite a lot of people that get water there for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's been a few places that have had a few Lucas aids and stuff. Even that is a is a bit more than water. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's just again to show that there's a bit of a uh, what's the word appreciation for for your efforts, and they've got something in there for you for you to have, so you don't have to go yeah. out of your way to go and get it. Definitely, absolutely, definitely. So uh, last one on the list. Um, so we've done stop, we've done start, now we need to carry on. So there's something in this business that you go, you know what, we do this better than anyone, either as a as performers or as a business itself. What do you what do you see in this business that you want to make sure carries on? I really enjoy seeing um youngsters or up and comers that are that are decent, that are getting getting opportunities. It's very difficult to get um, opportunities in wrestling, uh, whether you're brand spanking new or if you're not one of the bigger names in, in the business, it's very difficult to break in somewhere. Um, so when I do see promoters giving giving these guys um, opportunities to get their debuts in and uh, they're being sensible with them, they're not putting them in silly matches, uh, they're not getting them to do silly things, they're just having uh, 
basic matches. Um, nice, not, not even too long, like five-minute matches, 10-minute matches. Let, let's say the five-minute matches, just so they can get their, their feet weight, their feet weight, just so to say. Uh, giving them some experience, not throwing them in at the deep end, and just giving them the, the chance to get out there. I love seeing that. I love seeing people getting opportunities. Shoot, I cannot fault, cannot fault that at all. Um, I, like, I do want to get your opinion on something. Um, it, it came up as me and another promoter, and we, we very much disagreed with... Um, he, he had like a philosophy on young talent. He wanted mm-hmm. to put this... I think he's a tag team um, that, that he had at, at his school. And... The young, the young guys, maybe 17, 18, something like that, they've, they've been in the business a year tops, and they're not showing out. They're not doing facial expressions. Now, you know, facial expressions tell so much of a story. I mean, William Regal is a great example, The Rock, Steve Austin, sure. anyone that's ever been to the top shows emotion, shows an entire story sure. through their face. I mean, for me, Owen Hart is like kind of like right fucking up there. Um, And he wanted to put these two young trainees under masks because he wanted to hide that they couldn't make facial expressions. Mm -hmm. Now, I went went the opposite way and said, well, no, if they don't know how to do facial expressions or they're not doing them, they need to be taught. They need to understand the importance that facial expressions can can replace moves, can replace a lot of hard work just yeah. from stopping and putting a facial expression. Yeah, and definitely. we kind of had, we were so at odds with each other. Like, no, we, we need to put them a mask. We need to put them a mask. They're too young to understand the importance of what you're trying, of what the attitude that you're taking. You know, sensing yeah. old to understand that you need yeah. to tell a story with your face. Yeah. Um, where, where would you kind of fall up, um, on that? If you're in that same situation, you're a promoter, you've got young talent, they're not showing out with their facial expressions. What would you do? Um, I, I can, I'm going to agree with you, but I can see his point. He's trying to protect them, basically, um, just because he doesn't feel like they can do it, so they won't have to. It's kind of an escape route. Um, but yes, he has taken a very vital part of wrestling and showmanship away from, from, the, from the match. Um, you'd, you would tell, if you're worried about that, you would, you would say to them, uh, that that's what they need to do. They need to go out there, and their number one thing is to just just show out, get those facial facial expressions um, going, make sure they interact with the crowd, chat some shit if they're heels, or you know, give it a come on if you're if you're a face, all that sort of stuff. And just for the record, I actually think I still need to improve on this quite quite a lot. Um, I feel like I do need to shout a bit more and uh, involve the crowd. So yeah, for for some new guys, put, I wrestled with a mask on for two matches at IPW. Uh, where you could only see my eyes. It was like a balaclavery sort of thing. And <laughs> yeah, um, we basically, it was on Sky actually, it was on Sky TV, madness, <laughs> where we attacked the oh. Annie Fun Police, um, three of us, myself and the Bone Brothers, um, but you didn't know who we were at the time. And we also had a match. We had two matches with the mask on. And yeah, I felt like I could get away with so much because I remember doing something and I laughed and smiled to myself, but no one else could see it. Um and then the next time I had a match when I wasn't wearing a mask, I was very conscious now that I wasn't wearing a mask. So I had to make sure that I was doing this stuff. So, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think you, if you, if you want to be a professional wrestler, you, you have to learn this sort of stuff. So it's better to start without a mask, mastering the facial expressions. And then if you do become a character like a cane or something that does eventually wear a mask, uh, you know, but you still need to tell a story as a cane with your body, yeah. the way you move and things like that. 
And again, even, even though Kane didn't have a face to say, it was the way he cocked his head and the way he looked at you and the way he turned slowly and stuff like that. So they would still have, they would still have to work facial expressions in, in brackets to an extent, even with a mask. Uh, it, literally hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. I think, he, I think he took more of a exception to this because they were his trainees. Whereas because yeah, I, was, I was distant and looking at it from an outsider, I didn't mind necessarily chucking him in at the deep end. He wanted to kind of muddy cuddle him and, sure. like you said, like protect him, kind of almost sort of father figure them, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, understand, I, understand, I do understand that. I do understand that completely. I do. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I, couldn't, I couldn't fault him. I, um, I just... That's, I think that's just different philosophies of different yeah. promotions. Yeah, I, I'd prefer to kind of chuck it at the deep end, and whereas he obviously was a bit more protective and all that sort of thing. If there's one thing I've learned in wrestling, it's someone's always going to disagree with you. Yeah, I mean, Sorry. yeah, it, it's always going to fuck it up. Once, once, after we had a couple of drinks as well, it was like after a... Um, like an, an award show party that we had, and we were just like, nope, you're fucking wrong. And then yeah, obviously, yeah. actually, no, you're fucking wrong. And yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just how it was. But yeah, it's one of So is there anybody that, um, so you're still new to the business, but we're being based in London, and but being a private guy, but lots of people know who, who you are, so you kind of got the best of both worlds. Is there any other talent that say three names that you could say these three are ones to ones to watch, ones to keep an eye out of. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not just saying this because they're, they're my two best friends, but the Bone Brothers are one of the best tag teams I have seen in the British scene by a mile. Uh, if you just look at them, um, you'll want to book them just by seeing them. And they're just, you know, they've got some great tag team moves together. They, they're twins as well. So straight away, you've got a freaking, you know, they're they're just ready to be, What's the word I'm looking for here? They're very, um, I can't think of the word. No. But they, they, they I, I have no words. idea where you're going no, with No, no, they're, they're, very, they're very sellable. You know what I mean? Very promotable, very sellable. Um, they'll get people through the door. Um, and I just feel like if you don't have them in your, in your tag division, I just feel like you're, you're missing something. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're not missing something, you're missing out. You're missing out on having, of, of having them. They're just, they're brilliant. Um, Another guy, uh, I've worked with Joe Black quite a lot, um, a few times. He's up, he's up by you guys uh, around that sort of area. Very, very good, very underrated. Um, such a such a good worker. Very good, very safe, very comfortable with, to be in the ring with. Um, yeah, they're all fantastic lads as well in the locker room. Fantastic. And uh, just give just give us one more because we'll count the we'll count the tag team as as one. The tag team as one. Okay, um, I've got another guy. So there's a guy in the Kent area. His name's KM Lane. He's a, he's a very good, very good young uh, prospect coming up. He's also, he trained with me uh, while we were at IPW. Um, he's in fantastic shape. I think he's like 18 or 19, but he's got the body of a 25 year old. Like he is, he's just stacked. Um, he's got fantastic Afro as well. Like the, the, boy's, <laughs> hair is, the boy's hair is incredible. Um, <laughs> So yeah, he he's very good, very good, solid worker. Um, so another another guy that people should be looking at. Superb, superb. So uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm gonna cough again. It's not the Rona. <laughs> <coughs> fucking hell! Swap test. I, yeah, I, I don't even like fucking sneeze anymore because people look at you like fucking like patient zero. I don't like it. Yeah. So uh, obviously, obviously, as we kind of draw this uh, kind of podcast to a close, have you got anything that you want to? 
promote of, of your own? You've got uh, social media channels, YouTube channels, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, marketable was the word I was looking for when I was talking about the Bone Brothers. Oh, by the way. <laughs> I mean, do do they do the whole Ballard twins twin magic? No, we, they have they have done it once. They have done it once. Um, I we were in that the, shit. We were in the masks at that point, but uh, yeah, they, we did it once against the Anti Fun Police, where we almost won the IPW Tag Titles. That was it was brilliant. Um, social media wise, um, I've got Instagram, which I use the most, which is just Kitnox underscore. Um, I am on Twitter, which is the same, but I barely use it, so you won't get me on there really. And I've got a Twitch account where I stream some gaming when I'm bored, and that is the same. That's uh, Kitnox underscore as well. So yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Superb, superb, mate. This is this has been fantastic. Um, like I've learned a little bit. The person for you fans are going to learn a bit. It's it's really fucking. What word do I want? Um, Marketable. Like, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> he got him back in the bastard. It's, it's, it's bittersweet because obviously we knew we were going to have you last year because yeah, we talked about reason. it for a little bit. We yeah. instantly connected when we met at UKW. I was like, this is fucking ace. Awesome guy, great talent, great mind. Thank you, thank you. Um, exactly what we want in our locker room. Because our locker room is very safe. Everybody trusts each other. Um, there's never been any like issues. No one's ever like had anything nicked. We're just... Well, yeah. I don't sound cliche like we're a big family, but we kind of do want. go out to yeah, to be a bit of a family. Yeah. Um, and knowing that, obviously... We can't run a show anytime soon, which is wank. So we've got no, we can't even plan anything with anyone. That's the worst bit. Um, yeah. so I love saying to people, not just here's our show, have all of our shows. These are all the dates. These are all the locations. Like investing in that talent, long time. And because we can't do that, that's really that's really shit. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, for sure. And and even finding out that you you, you had a call from a year where the William Regal and things like that. Again, that's bittersweet because yeah. that could have that could have really opened up some doors. Even just going along, them looking at you and saying you're cool, but you're not necessarily what we're looking for now. Yeah, exactly. It would just it would have been an experience in itself alone. That's it. Exactly, but you know what? For them to contact you, that's yeah. got to mean more than you contacting them and harassing them and saying, "Please look at my tape. Please look at my tape." Yeah. They contacted you, so. You already know that they want you. So, if there's yeah. ever a silver, if there's ever a silver lining to be had, that that's got to be it. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Superb. So, mate, I mean, honestly, it's fantastic to to speak to you. And I think this is the longest conversation we've had because it shows. It's, oh, sorry. No, <laughs> it's good. It's, it's 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 proper fucking manic. But it's always great to speak to you. And I've got people wanting to listen to this the second we've done it. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for inviting me on. It's been oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. So, ladies and gents, this has been Series 3, Episode 9 of Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops. I've been Phil Woodvine. He's been Kit Knox. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.